Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we are on the road to Picard again. This time we're looking at two more episodes from Season 3. The back end of Season 3, we're going to be looking at Sarek and Menagia Troy, which are two very different episodes. But yeah, and they were shown one after the other. They were, actually. This might be the first time we've done that, apart from the two-parters, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, still two interesting ones to look at. So we start off with Sarek then, which is, this is sort of, apart from the really brief cameo from Bones in Encounter at Farpoint, it's sort of the first real kind of crossover, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it might be. We right. did get a, like, we'd got a Spock one later on. But, yeah, we did. But, but this is the first big cr- crossover episode yeah I think they were a little bit sort of reluctant to do them at first and didn't want yeah, kind of to kind of se- it yeah wanted to separate themselves but it's good it's a, it's a good way of bringing a character in and it's not one of the main cast but it is a character that's well known yeah and he's been quite an important character and at, at this time as well people will have seen him in the movies so yeah hopefully most people will have recognised him but like you say he is an important character and sort of uh, sort of even more so now because he's had a big part in Discovery as well. Yeah, the, the character of Sarek, obviously not the the same actor and not everything, bad but but yeah, so he's uh, an interesting one to bring in. And the story then, so it's another diplomatic mission. So I saw a guy on Facebook a while ago say no. Oh, if you look at TNG, it, the Enterprise is a warship. It's a, it's all military, and if you look, there's more battles than diplomatic missions. Like I don't mm, think there is. No, I don't think there is. I think there's a lot of diplomatic no. missions. Well, it seems to be that most episodes we're covering, we start by saying the Enterprise is doing something diplomatic. Yeah. And then we go from there. So this time it's with the Lagarans, which we're told uh, it's a really important. Yeah, they're really important to join in. They are mentioned later on in DS9. Oh, no. Yeah, they help um, broker a treaty between the Dominion and Bajor. Oh, right. Okay, there we go. So that's good. A good sort of callback there, yeah? Well, it's actually after TNG. Oh, well, um, yeah, so the, the call, that's what I meant. DS9's yeah. done a good callback to them. And so basically the setup then is Sarek's coming on board because he's going to negotiate it. Yeah, he's been dealing with them for 96 <laughs> yeah. years, setting up this street and eating. So it's taken a bit of work yeah. by the sounds of it. Hopefully they're a long-lived species as well. Yeah. Otherwise, Sarek's been dealing with different people uh, on and on and on. But well, Like, even for a Vulcan, he's spent about half his life. Yeah, still, yeah, it's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose, though, similarly, Spock, by the time Spock disappears, he spent a long time working on the Romulans, oh, haven't yeah. they? So, yeah. Um, so, Sarek's on board, but we sort of meet his, his entourage, his handlers and everything, and yeah. they're, they're sort of like, well, you know, we don't want a fuss-making, we yeah, don't want... They're, they're being protective. Yeah, and it sort of sets up a little bit of a... A bit of a mystery as to you know, what's going on with him. Yeah, and we meet his, his uh, second wife. Second wife, Second Karen. human, well, his second human wife. Well, yeah, I picked up on that. So they say it's his second wife, <coughs> but we know that he were married to a Vulcan priestess. Yeah, for Cyborg. Yeah, and I wonder if that's sort of expunged from the history books a um, little bit. 
because it, I, I checked the air date of it, and this is after Star Trek Five, so the new yeah. that had been written into the the canon there, um, and but they do explicitly say his second wife, who yeah. is also a human, so it's not just his second human wife. It's yeah. So I wonder if he's man. It's not like the the Sarek Spock family to keep relatives hidden for years, is it? So, no, that's never happened. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's just showing a bit of well, form there. Yeah. There's another part as well, like. When we ha- right at the beginning, when we have and it's an off the cuff remark from Picard when he's talking to Riker. Yeah, goes, yeah. I had the pleasure of being at the ambassador's son's wedding. Yeah, which is Spock. Which it has to be Spock. Um, yeah, like, I've looked all this up. Like, and the only reference I can find to Spock being married mm. is obviously from a mock time, a mock time to Taping. Yeah, but that's an old. Yeah. And then the only other reference I can find to this uh, wedding is in the autobiography of Picard. Yeah, yeah. Because I've obviously done something to try... <coughs> yeah, try and tie it in. I can't find any other reference. No, I don't, I don't think it has been no, so, referenced anywhere yeah. else. And, like, I looked at his... Went on Memory Alpha and looked up all the yeah. file on that they have for Spock and relations all updated. Yeah, yeah. And for wives, it only lists to bring... Nothing else for another spouse. No, no. I mean, there's there's certainly enough time. Yeah. Because we we don't see Spock from you know timeline wise from Star Trek Six till Unification. Yeah, which is like seventy or eighty years. So there's there's bags of time. You know, he, he could have been married and widowed in the oh, yeah. the time that we've seen him. But yeah, there's never another. There's and I like I can't find any online references to. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's nice to have a little, a little shout out, and it's. Yeah. It's one of them that you'd expect something had been done. I know we say this every week, but I bet there's a book somewhere that's. Well, I was looking on the memory alpha and going on on the internet, and I can't yeah. find anything. So nobody's even reference. done a, a book of it or no. anything. That's interesting. Maybe Alex Kurtzman will write a series about <laughs> it. That'd upset people, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, so. Yeah, so there's all of this going on, and at the same time, there's sort of tensions arising on the ship, and people are getting a bit leery with each other. Yeah, agitated, and, and yeah, it's that sort of at this stage looks like an unconnected B plot, but it does all come together, and then they do have a concert which Sarek turns up at, even though he's yeah, said, and said he's not going. Yeah, he's to, not going. He's not got time for anything else apart from the meeting. But Picard's really keen to get in there, isn't he? And he well, she, he invites his wife. She he invites yeah, uh, Perrin, yeah, Perrin along. And then you have this moment where Sarek actually cries at the the concert. He, he wipes like a tear away. So he makes a point later on of saying it was just one tear. But even so, <laughs> this is emotion. <laughs> yeah, exactly from Sarek. And they make the connection that. Sarek's experiencing emotions and that that's passing on to the crew and yeah. that's why it's all been getting a bit a bit tense and everything and his aides kind of deny it at first yeah. trying to cover it up effectively and it, it leads to this situation where Picard's basically got to say to Sarek that you could be compromising the mission with your emotions and Sarek as a bit of a, a breakdown, really, yeah. a bit of an outburst, and yeah, but Picard sort of 
eggs him on to have the breakdown, doesn't it? Yeah. To lose control so he can admit that. I think that's it, yeah. Picard knows that Sarek's uh, sort of got this thing going on, but he knows that he won't admit it unless... Yeah. Well, one of his aides has been suppressing his emotions. Yeah, that's without it. Without him knowing. And then the solution turns out to be they're going to do a mind meld with yeah. Picard so Picard will absorb it all while Sarek yeah. can get his job done and that's pretty much the end of it you know we get they do obviously the diplomatic mission comes off successfully yeah. and everything like that but it's the the process of it is where we get like some really good stuff from Patrick Stewart and from Picard and everything so we'll look at the characters then a bit more so you get this sense like Picard's he's clearly really in awe of Sarek like he, he looks up to him he respects him yeah he's well you get it straight away that he was fortunate to be at the ambassador's son's yeah. wedding when he was a lieutenant so we're going back 20 30 years yeah yeah so yeah and I, this still bugs me that he did say it really annoys me that he said he was at this wedding <laughs> that we can't find any reference to who it was I wonder yeah. if it was a who because we've seen that in the, yeah, it could have been. In the new movies. Uh, you never know. Yeah. Well, in the the autobiography, don't O'Hara conduct the ceremony, the yeah. wedding ceremony? Because they they make her like the president of the federation yeah. in that, don't they? And she's doing it as a diplomatic thing. But yeah, I mean, it could have been O'Hara. It'd be interesting if Spock married a human as well. Well, I got the impression from the book that he was marrying. Yeah, it could well have been. And or maybe a Romulan or something to make oh, it Oh, that'd more. be interesting. Or maybe it was uh, Savick. Yeah. Because there was, there was a thing, wasn't there? You were meant to find out Savick was half Romulan. That was going to be yeah going to be a, a plot point, but it never really got sort of yeah, followed well, up on. Well, it didn't sign them up properly, did they? For no. And because the other thing was uh, Savick was going to be pregnant with Spock's yeah. baby and that's why he it, oh, stayed on uh, Vulcan in yeah. Star Trek 4 so no I don't know unless they decide to tell us in some some version I mean it's it's very unlikely now isn't it with Leonard Nimoy obviously no longer being with us yeah, and, no. and Spock's gone from the prime timeline yeah, and he's, uh, he's he's died although Picard's had, had has a mind meld with Spock as well in Unification. Yeah, he does. Because he passes on what Sarek does. Sarek says, and they say that you're constantly connected until death. Yeah. Ever after a mind meld. So yeah, Picard could give us a bit more insight yeah. into it, but I, I think it's going to be one of those things that probably doesn't get answered ever. Under, yeah, doesn't get picked up on unless. I mean, I was joking about. Alex Kurtzman doing a, a series, but you never know. They like to be fair now. We've got um, Peck, Ethan, Ethan Peck, Peck yeah. Now. So sh- they could probably age him up. They could do to and, play an older and Spock. A Spock, the the missing years might be an interesting. Yeah, because it's one of the big sort of gaps in Star Trek continuity is yeah. between the TOS films and the start of TNG. We've not got a lot in that era. No, we've and had you know, the Price C come through when yeah, and, and, and the Bozeman turns up, but that's but about a... it. And yeah, I mean, you know, maybe a mini series exploring that timeline yeah. might be something they look at at some point in the future. But 
I yeah, I don't know if we oh, ever do will like get doing the prequels. They do, they do, they, they seem very reluctant. Yeah, so a TNG prequel. TNG prequel, yeah, <laughs> the pre-next generation, that would be interesting. And then, yeah, Picard's sort of, he's quite sympathetic to Sarek's condition, you know, he talks about sort of, you know, how daunting emotions can be and everything, yeah. and he, he is as I say, willing to engage with it and support him and wants to help him with it, but even before he agrees to the the mind meld. And it's there's quite a sort of touching scene really where he's talking about how time affects mortal bodies, you know, even such a long lived species as Vulcans. Yeah. There's it still catches up yeah, with you. Like this is an old a disease that hits Vulcans of an older age. Yeah, yeah. And we're getting... You get an idea then that, you know, maybe 200's about what Vulcans live yeah. to. You know, it's not... They don't live forever. They just live a lot longer yeah, than humans. Double, uh, double us. Yeah. And then... he Picard sort of has to put his feelings aside as well because he wants to help Sarek but like you said he's got to kind of push him yeah into an outburst for his own good really and he's got all this kind of admiration for the man and everything yeah he doesn't want to break him but it is necessary to make him have this yeah outburst to show that he's got emotion it's almost similar to what you get in Star Trek the 2009 film where old Spock says to Kirk like you, you've got to make me show the emotions yeah, so that you I, can assume control yeah, I am emotionally compromised yeah. at the moment and it's a sort of a similar thing Picard's got to do here and then obviously they do this mind meld and you get quite incredible acting from Patrick <laughs> yeah. Stewart I mean we've said this before but he is very sort of courageous as an actor that he's not bothered about going off completely and having him sobbing and oh, spluttering. Yeah. But and that's where he is really good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's but you you couldn't have imagined William Shatner doing that as Kirk. You know, no. not in, during the series. I mean, you get a little bit of it in some of the movies. Yeah, but, but not to this. Not to how Patrick but, Stewart yeah, does this to to show your main character to be that flawed yeah I don't mean nothing it's flawed to show emotion but to show that much vulnerability in your performance is is quite incredible and the fact that they've got to this stage in season three where they can start to explore this kind of thing is yeah it's uh... I think it's really interesting and, and there is like there is a level of detachment from it because it's it's Sarek's emotions that he's feeling not Picard yeah. so it's not Picard having a breakdown but you know we talked about in family we do get this from him and in chain of command that we're going to look at later on you do get a lot more of it so yeah it's really quite a powerful sequence is that yeah it's how like he locks himself away yeah it, it just has dr crusher there yeah it's just him. beverly there with him yeah and i thought even though, you know, the chance of him turning up in Picard are practically zero, but it's worth looking at what we see about Sarek in this one, I think. Like, we've got him... Perrin says, you know, he's he's meditating, and we later find out that he's been unable to meditate. Yeah. But that 
ties back or ties forward or whatever to what we saw in Discovery like we see him when Spock disappears he goes into this like meditative yeah, trance and everything so there is they are keeping a, a consistency oh, yeah, of, that... of Sarek's character across all the series which is great like you said that we won't see Sarek <laughs> which we probably won't but we could see like we believe Picard's could have something to do with the disaster on Romulus where he's fallen out with the Federation. Yeah. And if that's the case, we could have flashbacks to Spock. Oh, yeah. And, is. and we could have Ethan Peck doing That'd this. That'd be interesting, yeah. I As think... I say, if he was aged, we'd yeah, make there's no re- now. No reason that they can't. Or even now that the um, the companies have merged, you could even have Zachary Quinto, but I imagine they'll want I imagine keep... they'd go with... I imagine they'd want to keep Ethan Peck as, yeah, as the Spock as the Spock for now, yeah. But it'd be yeah, interesting. Like, I know that they've said that the fourth movie's coming out now, but the two companies are back together, so who's gonna be Spock? Yeah, I would I think if they're gonna do a fourth movie in the Kelvin timeline, I think they'll keep things yeah. how they are. But then I think that after whatever this next film is, if if it does happen, I imagine we'll be done with the Kelvin timeline and we'll, yeah. we'll do films within the Star Trek universe. Yeah, like there's been talk with the Kelvin one of like the fourth one was to fix the the broken timeline. It did look like that when they wanted Chris Hemsworth yeah. back. So I, I can't think of any other way they could have brought no. him back unless it was time travel and um, yeah, you don't know but yeah, I think movies for now, if they do a fourth one, it'll be Quinto and anything else. I think, like you, I think it would be Ethan Peck. Um, Sarek's a lot more sort of brittle than we've ever seen him before here. He's, he's a little bit snappier, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well... And that, you know, we find out is because of yeah, what but, he's going through. Yeah, but, but also, like, last time we saw him, he was already in it... Uh, Aged Vulcan. Yeah. And that was Star Trek Six. Yeah, that's true. And that's like 70, 80 years prior to yeah, this. Yeah, very true. So Yeah, he's an older man, certainly. And I like some of the stuff like he he says that Picard's career's been satisfactory, which <laughs> Picard Six is a great compliment. Well, actually that is a, a big compliment from Sam. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> and um he talks about sort of wanting to show a tenderness to his wife but he's unable to yeah. and like when Picard gets the mind meld and stuff he's talking about like did Spock ever know he loved him and things like that so we do see that Sarek is a very emotional character it's just yeah. that like we're not covering unification in this road no, to Picard no. but you have that where Picard shares mind melds with yeah, Spock yeah. to share this with with Spock, so Spock can see how much his father actually loved him. Yeah, even absolutely. though he never said anything. Yeah, and it's it comes back to this thing of you know I think they even say it in this episode like Vulcans do experience emotion. It's just that they just hide a, it, yeah. they suppress it, and this is probably the the biggest showcase of what it's like when they don't. Yeah, and then Picard, they sort of come away saying you know we've both taken bits of each other and everything. And Picard's like, well, I think I've got the better part of the deal, which is interesting. <coughs> and, yeah, and then there's a few stuff sort of about the Star Trek universe. Like, um, Picard refers to Perrin as Mrs. Sarek, which is almost as if they're taking Sarek to be 
the family name yeah there is I think it is implied that the the name that we know them by is their surname isn't it it's in the original series like Spock says you won't be able to pronounce my first name yeah so that's but, interesting. But, but it's like, why is C Spock and then Sa- and Sarek and, and Cyborg? Yeah, maybe it doesn't follow the way as uh, does. Yeah, maybe, oh. the, well, the family name is maybe first. Yeah, like in Bajorans, yeah. yeah. And we find out Sarek's 202, so we get a definitive statement of how old he is. So you could backdate it all, work it all out, how old he was in Discovery yeah. and TOS and in the movies and everything. So... That's good that we get some actual grounding there and you could you know use that to kind of fit a lot of other things oh, yeah, into the timeline and and then we find out the name of this syndrome's Bendai syndrome which causes Vulcans as we say to lose their emotional yeah. control. Yeah, um, this was the <laughs> sort of looked at again wasn't it in Enterprise. Yes, I think it was with it, Paul, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was sort of a like a time, a story a time travel one and oh yeah that where one where they'd been where they'd been crashed for so long. Oh yeah, really it's old. good. Is that one? Yeah, is that during the thingy? I think it's during during, during the Zindi yeah. arc, and it's yeah. I remember that one. It's called Enterprise Squared or something. Mm. Maybe it starts from that or somewhere. something like that. And yeah, that's a good one. Um, then the mind meld. Then we we see sort of some of the effects of it like Sarek starts calling Riker number one yeah <laughs> which I thought was a really good touch and one of the big things that this left me with is like it makes you wonder obviously you know there's been a lot of stuff's come out since this episode but so Picard potentially knows about Michael Burnham and the Discovery and the Spa Drive and everything now yeah in, yeah I'd not I'd not thought about about that actually but yeah, yeah he now knows all the discovery stuff so he he's got knowledge of all these things. presumably he would honour Sarek's vow never to speak of it yeah so, you'd assume that so is. that'd be why it, we don't get an open acknowledgement of it but we could uh, in Picard now. but we th- this is the thing we it's could, now open that we can find out these Picard could mention it and yeah. you know or maybe he'll he'll need a spa drive at some point and he'll know that it existed yeah. you know it, it opens up a lot of yeah it does possibilities there so I, I quite like that um, other sort of things that jumped out me this episode I like um, where Geordie and Wesley are having an argument and Wesley says at least I don't have to find my women on a holiday which I thought quite a good dig at Geordie <laughs> and he get he deserves that to be fair yeah like he's trying to take Tell him that he can't get a woman, and then, yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it's like Jody's not got the best record no. for. No, he's got a shocking record for women, and it only gets worse, really. I mean, he gets that one who turns out to uh, uh, Aquiel, and then it turns out the dog's a murderer or something yeah. that don't go well, and Leah Brams is well, Leah Brams is the holodeck one the holodeck one which is it does you know, meet her eventually and she's sort of like freaked <coughs> out by how he goes yeah yeah what has been doing but it's implied isn't it in all good things that they somehow ended up together which yeah yeah but she's a lot more forgiving than <laughs> most people but Wesley also another highlight from him gets a slap from Dr. Crusher <laughs> yeah. which is quite good 
And he's been particularly obnoxious in this episode. Well, everybody is. Everyone is. The... Like, we have a bar fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was one of my sort of drawbacks, really, of this episode. I thought, I thought they spent too much time on the B-plot. And... You know, well, like plot. well, the B plot. You know, when I say the B, I mean the stuff about people getting adgy and yeah, we get a few scenes of it here and there and everything. And I, I just feel like when you've got a guest star like Sarek, I don't want to be wasting screen yeah. time messing about with with this sort of thing. And I, I also thought at the end it would have been nice to have maybe had a scene with Picard and Sarek talking about it a little bit more. Yeah. And yeah, when I thought about it a bit more, I thought, well, it's probably because Picard realises how private all that is and doesn't want to put Sarek in that position. But it would have been interesting for the viewers to, yeah. to get a scene like that. And I suppose indirectly we do get that later on in unification yeah it's it's one of them things it's like would Sarah be open to t- be talking about well that's it I'm it's, not sure I don't think you could have done that no maybe not I mean yeah I'm not sure he would have had a lot to say about it, it, it I imagine he'd have been kind of right let's move yeah. on it happened we're not going to talk about it so I don't know but overall I think it's another really strong episode oh it's, it, it's it, like this was um, there was a box set that was done. I think a season, two seasons into DS Nine, the transformer. Oh, the set. crossover box set. Yeah, yeah, and yeah this yeah. was one of the episodes that was put on there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was good. That there was. Oh, what was it? There was this one. I think Unification, Unification was on there. Was you got both there. parts of Unification. You got, um, crossover from DS Nine. Must have been in there. Defiant was on it. Oh, Defiant was got, on um, it. you got a couple of Klingon ones with the original right. Klingons. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Blood Earth yeah. or what have you, yeah. It were a good box set of that. It was, and it made a transport of that. Yeah, when you took look- the videos yeah. out. Yeah, this is a video box set for anyone <laughs> who's wondering what they were. It took up a load of room, though, didn't it? It was oh, massive. Oh, videos did. Well, videos did, but that one, they even... Yeah, they did some good TNG box sets. Yeah. Like they did the Data's Head box yeah, set. Yeah, I wish I still got... had that transporter one. Yeah, I don't know what happened to mine. It probably. Yeah, I don't know what happened to mine. It's one that went somewhere over the years, but you never know. There's probably some obsessive VHS <laughs> collectors out there who'd. Uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> no, fair enough. So we'll move on to the next episode. It's uh, a nice oh, part, no. actually, in there as well. Just what, where we have Data talking to the aide, trying to find out if he's been, uh, sub- yeah, yeah. Sarek. And I just thought, yeah, you've got this android who's logical, yeah, getting the truth out of a logical. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, there is how uh, he questions him and gets into. And again, again, like we do, sort of take that to its conclusion in unification, where we get Spock and Data actually meeting, and we get. Yeah sort of a bit of a an insight into what the differences are between them because you know data fulfills much the same role in tng that spock did in tos it does but data wants to have emotions that's it yeah that that's the difference yeah spock is trying to repress it and data is striving to have them yeah it's interesting i think we will look at unification at some point down the line but but there's a lot of episodes i'd like to look at down the line it's but it's that we 
we've really got a sort of a break between seasons. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't got time to look at 172 episodes of TNG, is Something it? like that, yeah. <laughs> so, but we'll get there eventually. So, moving on to the next one then. And this is Menagerie Troy, which is more of a Riker and Troy episode, but we know they're going to be in Picard, so we yeah. can have a look at that. But it has got the sequence with Picard at the end that's made a thousand memes <laughs> and everything, so it's definitely worth having a look at. Bit of a lighter episode than it the is last like, one. Sarek was very serious. Yeah. And then this is like, <laughs> this was all the next episode. Yeah. How it was shown. And this one's light-hearted. And this is the thing that we do kind of miss a little bit in the age of streaming, where it's one on continuous stories. We, you don't always have the ability to jump between these different yeah, these style of episodes. Like, you, with it not being as episodic, you just can't do yeah, it. Yeah, you could do almost anything you wanted. Well, that's it. And you know, at this stage, they they could and they did, and it's interesting, especially when. Like when you're going back to VHSs again, when you collected them, then you'd have two episodes sequentially next to each yeah. other, but that have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. But but it was just interesting to sort of look at them, contrast them, yeah, and it was, whatnot. It was like when you wanted to watch an episode, and your favourite episode would be the second one. So yeah, forwarding half the video. Yeah, <laughs> you'd have like Best of Both Worlds, Transfigurations was before it, which yeah. is alright, but it's not that good, so it was a bit of a slog yeah. to get through that one. Um, so the story of this one, then, we've got Ferengi on board the ship, they've been to another conference. Yeah, diplomatic meeting. There again. you go. And one of the Ferengi takes a shine to Loxana Troy. Riker and Troy go on shore leave together, which... Yeah. And the, there's obviously something going on here between them at this point. Yeah, this is interesting because we... I mean, they've always had the closeness and everything, yeah. but here, you know, they, if the Ferengi hadn't have interrupted them, there was going to be a very romantic kiss there. Yeah. So it wasn't just a, a friendly kiss. No. It was... Oh, yeah, there were... There was definitely something, and then we don't get any follow-up on this, not really. Till, not till what insurrection yeah well yeah indirectly I mean they, they allude to their relationship when um, where there's the Thomas Rikers created and, yeah you know but it, they both have romances with other people after this well that's it it's like in the very first episode Encantment Firepoint it's implied that these two have been romantically involved in the past Oh yeah, and it's so we and, know that they have a past relationship and they have a bond and they have this Imzadi thing yeah. which is you know, this Bajora, uh, not Bajora, no, Beta Z concept. And, you know, they always say, you know, we're really close. And yeah. it, Troy even says it to her mother in this episode, like, you know, we're just good friends, we're really close. But then the next thing you see is them walking hand, hand in hand. Hand in hand, and then I've tried this really romantic case. Yeah, and it's. Like, I just wonder if in the future it's a lot more casual with friends and. Man. Yeah, we're on shore leave. We're away from the. Sh- so yeah, else. maybe we'll just Let's get it on for a couple of days. It could be, I suppose. Yeah, the, yeah, it could well be that. But it's um, yeah, it just feels a bit out of the blue, like, and then yeah, it's... but obviously wasn't planned to go away because um, Picard tells Riker in his ready room, Councillor Troy had the good sense to ask for Charlie. Yeah, yeah. I can say I'm going to have to send you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it, it is 
peculiar that it just sort of comes yeah. out of nowhere and then nothing else again goes again for a while yeah strange one and anyway this leads to them getting kidnapped and essentially that's the rest of the episode is they have to escape but Loxana says she's going to stay as a gambit to yeah. try and get them freed we, we all uh, cheering Wesley's leaving <laughs> yeah oh yeah Wesley's going to go in this yeah, episode yeah he's, he? he's got to catch uh, the ship to go to Academy which is a opens. bit and they're like oh well if you don't get it now that's it you're done it's like really could yeah. we not <laughs> is there nothing we could have done to like you're the flagship of the Federation and He's on this. He's going on. We assume just a transport. Yeah, that's probably got warp six, warp seven. Yeah, you could have caught him up. You could go like warp nine point seven five. Yeah, you you could have been there in a couple of minutes. Yeah, that's a really weird sort of one that they put a time limit on it and doesn't really work. No, and it's sort of like because it's he's got to do an oral exam. And you'd think the Academy would say, okay, well, we'll book him in next week then when he does get here. Yeah, we only do our exams once a year. Yeah, once a year on one day. And, and you've got to be here. Everyone has to be. And you've all you've got to be here. What? Yeah. You mean with all these computers, I can't be in front of a screen you, for you an oral exam? You can't do it on a holodeck yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> do it as a bit of coursework. Yeah, it seems really... Uh, it's very sort of arbitrary as a way of... Yeah, it seems very rigid. It, it, do, it seems like... You've got to do entrance exams nowadays to get into places and yeah. submit on time and go to your exam hall, but these people are all over the gap. Well, exactly, that's it. You know, and it's it, like, surely if Captain Picard wrote him a note yeah. saying, look, we're having a bit of a crisis... Yeah. Um, and Wesley's obviously out of all my... Yeah. <laughs> Personnel, this accident uh, is the only person who could solve it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I could, I could not handle it with just the crew of the flagship. <laughs> I needed to delay him a little bit. But yeah, it's uh, and for the Loxana thing. Then, so it leads to this: Picard has to pretend to love Loxana yeah. to get back, and we end up with Wesley getting a promotion. Is yeah. the the end of the episode? We get, so we get Picard doing his Shakespeare. Yeah, which is very good. I always like it when Patrick Stewart gets a chance to do his Shakespeare. You can tell he really enjoys I it. I like um, Riker's look when he realizes when Picard <laughs> realizes he's got to say that he loves. Yeah, and uh, Riker just looking at him, right? What are you gonna do now? Mate? Yeah, it's good fun. <laughs> yeah, very good. And so that would make. Picard, Riker's father-in-law, kind of. If everything had have yeah panned out that way, but yeah, let's have a look at the the characters then. So Picard, he's he's still got this thing where he don't like the Ferengi. Like he says, we reluctantly let you come on board. <laughs> well, they've annoyed him, haven't they? And yeah, well, they have. Yeah, he's he's not a fan of yeah. the Ferengi at all, and. He even has a dig about him to the organiser of the event. He's like, well, I'm surprised it turned out all right with Ferengi here, you know. He's, he's sort of... It's probably about as unprofessional as we ever see yeah, Picard when like, he's talking about the Ferengi. Like, there's also a part here, like, where when they catch up with the Ferengi Marauder... Yeah. And he's making the threats to get Loxana back, and he goes, um, target all phases and... 
Dolph yeah, Angels yeah. on them. And the Frangie are really scared at this. Yeah. And yet, it's only like a couple of years previously when they first met them that the ships were meant to be Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they were meant to be... Evenly matched. At least, because they were sort of scared of the yeah. Ferengi marauders, yeah. And that's another interesting one. It's like, obviously Picard's doing it so he knows it'll scare the Ferengi and they'll get the better of them. But if the Ferengi made, like, an official complaint about this, yeah. like, your captain were threatening to blow us all up yeah. and everything, it's a bit... He could have got a bit of a, in a yeah, bit of bother a, for that. But then again, they had kidnapped people. That's true. And also, the, the Federation are probably like, ah, oh, well, it's just the Ferengi, whatever. There does seem to be a bit of casual racism towards yeah. the Ferengi in Federation society, and it... Interestingly, it's something that Quark calls out yeah. in DS9, you know. Is this the first episode where it's established that the Ferengi don't like women in clothes? I th- I think- no, I think that's there right from the start. Like, I think in the last outpost they say oh, something about Tasha oh, wearing yeah. a uniform. Um, but, I, but I think it's... We get a bit more of... It's sort of the reasoning for it in this because the the Ferengi says females don't deserve the honour of wearing clothes yeah. as if that's a big <laughs> so it's he's saying it's not that we like seeing naked women which is what I assumed it, yeah. it was yeah. it's that we think women are that second class that they don't even don't deserve, deserve to be clothes which is much darker and much more yeah. horrible really yeah. than we do get a nice effect though when Diana and Waxana are beamed from the cell onto the captain's bridge mm. where it leaves the clothes behind yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think this is great effect and like yeah, yeah. again we're looking at it looks good still but it's, this is before the days of CGI oh yeah so they have um, to film lots of different bits yeah, to yeah. actually put this together. <laughs> no, it is. It's it's very good. The, I mean, the transporter effects always looked really. Yeah. Even going back to TOS, oh, it yeah. a great but effect. How, how it leaves the clothes yeah, this yeah. time is. No, it's very good. Um, I like as well. You get a bit where Picard's still trying to avoid Loxana Try. <laughs> And so he says, oh, I'm going to show you about the new door mechanisms. Oh, yeah. It's just such a ridiculous excuse. And um, as we say, when he does his, his Shakespeare and everything, it's it's clearly really <laughs> Patrick Stewart's having a ball and he's really oh, enjoying yeah. it. And I do like, like you say, when Riker sort of looks at him and you can tell at first he's really struggling with it. But then when he thinks, oh, I'm going to do some Shakespeare, he... Yeah. He cheers up and he gets into it, and he's he's obviously developed a respect for Wesley as well from you know at the beginning where he's get off my bridge and all this, and he clearly has, and he gives him this sort of field promotion at this stage. Well, he does. He says, "In all good conscience, I can't keep you as an acting ensign," which is fair because you know, you rightly know. or wrongly, Wesley is um, has saved the ship. Numerous times, yeah. yeah. Probably every other week, nearly. Maybe not quite that much, but it sometimes feels that way. Yes, <laughs> yeah, well, it did, yeah, particularly in the earlier episodes. So, Riker and Troy, then, I mean, we've talked about the relationship and what's going on there, but there's a couple of other things. Like, I like that Riker knows the right things to say around Loxana, like, he, it is effective, like, he's sussed out how to talk to his mother in law, yeah. kind of thing. He's like, 
I'm going to feign interest and I know what she likes to talk about <laughs> and all this. That's a nice, a nice touch with Riker. And the way he deals with the Ferengi is good that he... He tries to make it, tries to make the Ferengi feel like he's getting one over him at the chess, and yeah. then it's, well, it's because I can't see all of the board, so you're not going to win fairly unless you let me <laughs> out, and obviously it works and everything. So, and the signal that he embeds is quite clever yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. I th- I'm a bit annoyed that only Wesley could recognise it though. Yeah, because with the, all that computer equipment and data, there you think data would pick up on it straight yeah. away. Yeah. And, but it, it's good that, like, so first I think, well, why don't you use Morse code? And it's, well, because the Ferengi had probably, well, maybe they wouldn't, but, you know. Well, they could do. They'd it, potentially it, recognise it. So it's clever that he does something that I is particular particular to them, yeah. Um, and then I like Loxana as well. Like, she seems to have this fixation of setting Troy up with somebody. Oh, yeah. And that's something that recurs throughout and everything. But again, that's weird with this. Why didn't you just say, oh, well, I'm still sort of with Riker, you know? Yeah. Or whatever, you know, it's, it's weird. Uh, and she's also really, like, she can handle the Ferengi. She's not bothered. No, she, and we have it again where she's doing you, Max. But she, the Ferengi tells her oh, that, yeah, yeah. that it's our most erogenous soul. Yeah, she, and she's quite shocked at first. Yeah, she is. But, and but then she, she, she knows what it. she's doing. <laughs> then she carries on. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, this is. I think this is the first mention of Umox. And um, this is the comedy Ferengi are really starting to come in now. Like, yeah, they've changed. We, we talked about it a bit in Captain's Holiday. <coughs> the, the Ferengi we got in Captain's Holiday was a lot less sort of threatening and this one the, they've like kept a lot of the makeup the same but they've changed a lot about the characters like we've still got them in military uniforms here which I don't think in DS9 we ever see a Ferengi in military uniform I think we see one or two maybe but... one or two yeah it's you know so we, we get into the Ferengi how we know them at this stage also, uh, this is a really good use of Betazoid telepathy, which we don't see used that often, and they use it quite, yeah, quite cleverly here. Uh, you know, there's, they use it for a bit of comedy with Loxana and with Diana, but but then later it does come in when they're captured and everything. So and able, to, and able to communicate with each other from one part of the ship to another. Yes, I like that. That's good, and um, I like the. The Ferengi guy, when he first approaches Loxana, and he just goes, Loxana, Troy, I desire you. <laughs> like, oh, fair enough. Look, stretch at point. Yeah, stretch at point. It's, it's fine. And um, when Loxana's sort of having him on later on, and she he, he keeps making statements about how great he is, and she says, oh, how sweet, how clever, how revolting. And he says, what did you say? So there's some really good, funny stuff in it. Did um, they Barrett? When she plays this... Oh, she's great. Loxana. She played a great role and great value. She, like, dropped up a few times in DS9 afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. and, and she... In her DS9 appearances, she brings sort of a new facet to it, yeah. really, doesn't she? She's... Yeah, she has this relationship with Odo that's much more mature than anything we see here. Yeah. And, you know, she like, is I think she's a good re- character. I think at first she's realised Picard was... 
She may, was interested in Picard, but it's not interesting. Yeah, yeah. But it makes him uncomfortable, and I think she just toys with him. Oh, I think she does, uh, yeah. She's fully aware what she's doing. And yeah, she yeah. Does it to, uh, she finds it fun, yeah. yeah definitely. And then, it, it, like, at the end, where it's like, right, we'll set off warp nine. <laughs> it's, he just wants to get Which away. Which is why couldn't, they get, why couldn't they get Wesley to do... Exactly, yeah. Again. It's silly, but, I mean... It is just a contrivance to yeah. we want to get Wesley's promotion, but I'm sure they could have found a, yeah. a more interesting way of do, or a more sensible, logical way of doing it. That you know, it's one of them totally different episode than to Sarek, but I do think again, it's a good fun it episode. Is, it's a good fun. It's it's like to be fair, it's not one I go back and watch no. regular, regular, but I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, it. It, so it's certainly in, um, in my top ten because it's not one then that goes straight away. No, I no. want TNG, but I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's, like we if you haven't watched Menanja Troy for quite a while, watch yeah, it. Worth having a watch of yeah, it. Good it's fun. Yeah, it's one of them. Like we said before, we by the time you get to season three TNG, it's they, settled into itself. They're at a nice consistent level where most episodes are pretty good yeah. now, which is great. So. Right, I think that about does us then for it this does week, does for it? This week, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you want to get in touch, we're at RetrekPod on Twitter, RetrekPod at gmail.com if you want to email us, or you can join the Facebook group, put in Retrek on your Facebook search bar. And um, we'll see you next week where we're looking at Final Mission and the Drumhead from Season 4. Thanks for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thanks, bye.